in the blood of the lamb anybody believe that in here today that there is power in the name of jesus there are many names that are attempting to be great in our culture in our world today but there is one name that stands above every name scripture tells us that at that name every knee shall bow and every tongue confess maybe i'm in here by myself today that's all right i'll praise him anyway because i understand that the name of jesus is a powerful name demons tremble at that name situations change at that name salvation is obtained by that wonderful powerful name and it's in that name that I greet you this morning my name is Pastor Derek Parks and I have the privilege of being the uh, pastor here at Epiphany uh, Church of Wilmington it is my uh, my deep 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 privilege uh, and honor to stand before you today to proclaim the word of the Lord um, to our visitors today we say welcome uh, we're so grateful that you decided to join us today. We're happy uh, that you're here. If there's anything that we can do to make your stay, uh, your visit here with us more uh, enjoyable, do not hesitate to let us know. Um, we've got these cool water bottles, and if you want your car washed, we'll sprinkle a little water on there for you, and we'll wash the spot off for you. That's the best we can do. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. So I'm, I'm so excited that you're here today. Um, I'm encouraged. Um, to share this word uh, with you. This word has been sitting um, on my heart all week long, and I'm just excited and encouraged um, today. Anybody excited about Jesus today? I mean, y'all got excited at the first day of summer. Y'all be running over to get y'all Rita's water ice and all that stuff like that. And But Jesus is the first fruits, the firstborn of all creation. And we should be excited about that more than we're excited about the first day of summer. Amen. Amen. So um, I'm going to jump in today in Acts chapter 3. Uh, I'm just doing a little. We finished up our series, Making History, about two weeks ago. Um, and, and last week I just preached a Father's Day uh, encouragement. Uh, and today I want to encourage us a little bit further um, about our spiritual health. So I'm going to tag this text today as what the health? What the health? Y'all laughing because y'all saw that weak documentary. <laughs> Poorly documented, unfactual, all that stuff. Anyway, join me in Acts chapter 3. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch my tent in verse 16. Um, but I'm going to read just to give us some context and some clarity, uh, starting in verse number one. I hope I gave you guys that over there. So join me in Acts chapter three, starting in verse one, and I'll be pinching my, my tent in chapter, in verse 16. Um, if you don't have it, we'll have it up on the screen for you. And, um, I'm going to check my phone. Somebody check their phone. Everybody check their phones. We all good. Um, hear these words of our Lord and our Father. 
verse number one. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple for the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. A man who was lame from birth, that didn't mean he was corny, that mean that he couldn't walk, just to give you some clarity. Um, he was lame from birth and was being carried there. He was placed each day at the temple gate called Beautiful. So that he could beg from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked them for some cash. Peter, along with John, they looked straight at him and said, look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. Isn't that just like us? But Peter said to him, silver and gold, I have none. But what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up and at once his feet and his ankles became strong. So he jumped up and started to walk and entered the temple with them. I love this. Walking, leaping, and praising God. When God does something in your life, you ought to respond to it. Verse number nine, all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened to him. Verse 11, while he was holding on to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astonished, ran toward them in what is called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he addressed the people, fellow Israelites, why are you amazed at this? Why do you stare at this as though we made him walk by our own power or godliness? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and denied before Pilate, though he had decided, though he had decided to release him, you denied the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer released to you. You killed the source of life, whom God raised from the dead. And we are witnesses of this. Verse 16. This is where I want to land. By faith in his name. His name has made this man strong. Whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through Jesus. Has given this man perfect health. In front of you all. Father thank you for your word. Lord, your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, Father, severing the marrow from the bone. And God, I pray that this word would get deep down into the marrow of our souls, Father. And Lord, when we hear this word, we might respond by saying, Lord, help us to obey. 
And Father, it's in that same spirit that I pray that you would stand in my body and think through my mind and speak through my mouth and let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer, in whom I place all of my trust. In that name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, I pray. And the whole church said, Amen. In 2017, filmmaker Kip Anderson releases a documentary titled, What the Health? In this documentary, Kip Anderson uncovers the secret to preventing and even reversing chronic diseases. After this film released, you had an influx of vegans popping up all over the place. I pastor a church like this. I'm just joking. Former medium rare loving meat eaters are now casting judgment on others for using their bodies as animal graveyards. Many Americans agreed with Kip Anderson that we are in the midst of a health crisis. And they begin to turn their lives around by changing their diets. But what if I told you today that the greatest health crisis that we face in our culture has nothing to do with our propensity towards meat and dairy, but everything to do with our propensity towards sin and death. See, our our greatest health crisis is a spiritual health crisis. And the solution is not turning into a bunch of vegans who don't eat meat anymore, but the solution is turning to the victorious one who has conquered sin and death. And I'm gonna, uh, I want to submit this to us today, is that perfect health is found in Christ. Perfect health is found only in Jesus Christ, the Lord. You can do all the exercise that you want. You can eat all of the vegetables and do all the things that you want. I'm not saying that that stuff is not necessary for us to do. We all need to do that. But you can do all that stuff that you want to do. It will not result in perfect health. The only thing that will result in perfect health is finding your faith and trust in Jesus. Here's what, uh, uh, in verse 16, here what Peter says uh, to the Israelites. He says, by faith. In other words, he's saying on the basis of faith, this word has to do with the superimposition of faith. In other words, it means to superimpose upon faith is to place or lay one thing over another. Typically, though, that so that both things are still Evident. Let me paint the picture for you. Anybody remember those little 3D pin toys that you used to put your hand under and it would take the shape of your hand? And if you was really weird, you would take it and you would put it on your face and try to keep it to stay so that it would keep the print of your face, even though it never worked. You'd be standing there in the middle of your parents' living room with that thing on your face, just like looking at that. See, when when you placed your hand... In the pins, the pins raised to take the shape of your hand. So your hand was superimposing the image that you saw. You guys understand what I'm saying? So that's what it's like to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. 
the image on the surface that people see begins to change. Before, it was just that flat little surface. You couldn't really see anything. Or if you looked on the other side, it was a bunch of pins and needles just sticking out, prickly and all that. But once Jesus came into your life, he began to superimpose his image onto you. So when we begin to look at the image that was being superimposed, people would be able to see that the image has changed, but it was clear that the image that is being made is not being made by us, but is being made by Jesus Christ the Lord. I, I wish I had a church in here today. Uh, can I get two or three people to help me admit that, that there's a change that happened in your life that had nothing to do with you? Can I get some people that, that, that understand that, that the change that's happening in your life, it has nothing to do with how good you are. It has nothing to do with how much you move around and how much you study your word. It has everything to do with Jesus Christ and the imprint that he's leaving on your life. That's why Tremaine Hawkins used to sing, a wonderful change has come over me. Y'all don't even know who that is. That's all right. Some of y'all know who that is. See, I, I want us to understand this. He says, by faith, Peter is driving this. He he wants us to understand this faith is the conviction of truth or the assurance of your belief. So Paul is saying, Peter is saying here, he says, your spiritual health is directly connected to your belief in the chief physician. See, when your faith is in the chief physician, when your faith is in the one who can rearrange your molecular structure in an instant, the one who can speak to the winds and the waves and tell the winds and the waves to be quiet and to stay stay calm because I'm trying to sleep, the one who can tell the ocean, don't go any further than this, this Jesus here, the one whose faith, who we place our trust in the chief physician, your spiritual health is directly connected to your belief and your faith in him. If you have an assurance of belief in the chief physician, guess what? You will have spiritual health. It says here, by faith in his name. See, this name, it's what a person is called by. But it also implies all the things that are implied by the person's name. In other words, it means the rank and authority and character and majesty and power and excellence and integrity of that person. So what Peter is saying here, he's saying, listen, by faith in the name of Jesus, but not only in the name of Jesus, but in what is what comes with the name of Jesus. By faith in that, this man is standing here before you healed today. In other words, Peter is saying to us, he's saying, you better put some respect on his name. You better put some respect on his name because his name is all that he is. I wish I had some milk today. He's telling us, he's submitting this to us. He's saying, listen, we've got to put some respect on his name because his name is the very thing that changes the universe. It called all of the universe to be into being. Everything that has ever been created has been created through this name of Jesus Christ. That's why he says, listen, he says it twice. He says, by faith in his name, his name has made this man strong. See, Peter, is, he's pointing us to this 
reality here that, and it's, and it's, it's almost powerful that he, he says the phrase his name twice because the word he's going to use next uh, for strong is where we get the word stereo from. See, this word, it helps us to understand to make something solid or to make something firm or to strengthen something. But it's where we get our English word stereo from. Anybody know what stereo means? Stereo, it, it means it means double, right? Uh, uh, last week, Michael was was playing. We got a, a new thing over there. He's playing on it, and he couldn't figure out why the sound wasn't coming out of both speakers. And then he realized, wait a minute, I didn't press the stereo button to make it come outside of both speakers. I'll drive down your street a little bit. You know what it's like when one of your headphones is not working on your phone. And you're trying to listen to your music, and the thing is just playing out of one ear. You get all frustrated and annoyed. You're like, man, I can't even hear the boom bap that I'm trying to hear. Like, I'm really trying to go in on this treadmill, trying to do my thing, and I can't really hear because it's only coming out of one ear. And see, when we understand that his name makes us strong, we can stand firm and strengthen through whatever comes our way because we know that when we have Jesus, we have life in stereo. When we have Jesus, we have life on full blasts in stereo. It's blaring in both of our ears, and we can stand strong and remain firm in the midst of whatever's going on in our life. See, this man here who was crippled, he was lame from his birth. He, he, he understood he, as the name of Jesus was pronounced over him, he understood that there was a strengthening that happened by the name of Jesus. That there was something that took place when the name of Jesus was brought up in, in, in the atmosphere. See, uh, uh, he, he's telling them, he's saying, listen, this man whom you see and know this same man who used to sit at the gate is now the very man that's walking around in 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 this place uh, at the gate so when jesus enters into your life guess what there should be a change that happens in your life you can't be talking about yeah i love jesus like yeah i i, I do that but there's no change happening in your life if there's no change happening in your life you might want to take a look back to see if if Jesus is really in your life, because everything that Jesus touches changes. It says here, this man who you see and know this word here is to be a spectator. Can I tell you? People are watching your life. People are watching your life. The moment you open up your mouth and say, I got faith in Jesus. They are watching you. And I want us to understand that because your spiritual health can be measured by those who share in your life. Because they are watching your life. In other words, they're, they're spectators. They're taking, a, more than that, I want us to see this, is that the, that the world is taking a survey of us. To see if we, if what we actually proclaim is what we actually believe. So we walk around proclaiming this Jesus, but do we actually really believe it? And people can begin to tell that as they begin to spectate into your life. Do you still do the things that you used to do? Do you still live how you used to live? When old girl rings your phone, do you still answer and go running? He's saying this, this man who you see, but not only that, the man that you know, 
See, you got to understand this. Is that people will become skilled in your flaws when they know you. See, people are paying attention to the health of your spirituality if they know you. And if they care about you, they have enough courage to say to you, listen, you're walling out. I need you to rein it in. I need you to pull it back in. If they care about you, they'll say that to you. But when people know you, they'll become skilled in your spiritual health. See, if, if you're in Christ, you should have regard, uh, you should have regard for those that you know based on, people should have regard for you based on what they know about you. See, if people know you and they don't have regard for you as a Christian, then you're not doing something right. Uh, deeper than that, if people know you and they don't have regard for you, they're not paying, they're, you're not paying attention, they're not paying attention to what's going on with you because they can't really see what's happening in your life because there's nothing being wrong, no, no change happening inside of your life. So watch this. When they know you, they should have regard for you. And if they don't, you need to take assessment of where you are in your life with Christ. Here's how you do that. I want to give you a diagnostic tool to examine your spiritual health. I'm going to give us 10 questions that will help us diagnose our spiritual health. First question is this. Do you thirst for God? Do you thirst for God? See, this man thirsted for something that he knew he could not provide himself with. See, people had to bring him to the gate every day. They had to carry him there. And when they carried him here, they placed him in front of the gate because he was looking for something that he knew he could not obtain on his own. So if you're going to have spiritual health, then you have to, you have to yearn for something that you cannot provide yourself with. That's why I push back on people when they tell me, well, Pastor Derek, I just got to get my life together first. It don't work like that. You can't get your life together. Tide don't make soap good enough to clean up your spiritual life. I know that's bad English, but it's good theology. Tide doesn't make soap clean enough that can wash away the, the, the sinfulness in your life. See, so you got to yearn for something that you know you cannot provide yourself with. That's why we see this man here. He turned to them, expecting to get something from them. As you thirst for God, you ought to be expecting God to do something in your life. You ought to be expecting God to change you in the ways that you know you need to be changed. So if you got that attitude that you just can't seem to shake, you ought to lean in and thirst for God and he will change your bad attitude. 
If people can't talk you off the ledge because you always own a billion, you ought to lean in and thirst for God and he will transform you and transform your heart as you yearn for him. Next, does God's word govern you increasingly? That's not to say that you do every single thing that the word says. That's not possible. But does the word of God increasingly govern your life? Are there things that you used to do that you don't do anymore because the word of God has entered into your heart and now is beginning to transform and shape you so that you don't cuss like you used to cuss when you get angry? Instead, you, when you stub your toe, your pinky toe, you say, ouch, instead of other words. See, when the word of God governs you increasingly, you will know that your health is not in you, but in Christ. See, Peter asked him, he says, well, why are y'all amazed? Well, what y'all, what y'all staring at me for? As if what's happening here is happening through me. But what's happening here is not happening through my power. What's happening here is not happening because I'm so godly. What's happening here is happening because of Jesus. See, Peter understood that God's word never changes. It doesn't change. I want you to listen to me real good. It doesn't change when the culture changes. See, even though the culture might be saying one thing, God has always said the same thing that he's always saying. What do I mean? What sin yesterday is going to be sin tomorrow. It does not change. So, listen, we have to know the same thing. If we're going to have healthy spiritual lives, we're going to have to know that God's word doesn't change even when the culture's interpretation of it changes. Next, I want us to see this. Here's the next diagnostic question. Are you more Loving. Are you more loving? See, love is a choice. I know a lot of y'all young and y'all think love's going to come in and swoop you off your feet. And it might. But that ain't going to keep. When you find out that that person don't like to pick up their socks. When you find out that that person has a tendency to be annoying. The warm fuzzies don't hold on. Love is a choice. And as you're diagnosing whether you're more loving or not, you've got to understand that it is a daily choice that you have to make to be more loving. See, 
verse 14 tells us that Israel made a choice not to love Jesus. Verse 14 tells us that they denied the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer be released. See, hatred is choosing a murderer over the Messiah. See, hatred is choosing those things in your life that lead to death instead of choosing those things in your life that lead to life. See, when you are constantly in your relationships, you know what sets your spouse off. You know what sets your brother and sister off and you insist on doing it anyway. That's choosing a murderer over the Messiah. And if we're going to grow in our spiritual health, we have to choose to be more loving. We have to choose to do the things that communicate that we love our brother and our sister. Next is this. Are you more sensitive to God's presence? Are you more sensitive to God's presence? Verse 15. Said you killed the source of life. God raised from the dead and we are witnesses of this are you aware of the sources of life that God has placed in your path are you aware of those sources of life are you aware of the fact that God has given you brothers and sisters in Christ that you can lean into When times get challenging and hard, and guess what? Inside the community of God, guess what you will find? You will find the very presence of God. See, sensitivity to God's presence is choosing life over death. It's choosing community over comfort. See, sensitivity to God's presence is choosing joy over grief. If you can't recognize the sources of life that God has placed in your life, uh, he's given you his word. That's a source and a fountain of life. He's given you the ability to pray. That's a source and a fountain of life. And as you're assessing if your spiritual health is where it should be, you've got to see, do I sense the presence of God like I should be? Next, y'all stay with me. Do you have a growing concern for the spiritual and temporal needs of others? Uh Uh-oh. Peter and John understood that they were not able to meet everybody's earthly needs, but they had a concern for the spiritual needs of everyone. That's why I love what Peter says. He says, silver and gold, I have none. But what I do have, I'll give to you. See, if you're only always concerned about yourself and what makes you happy and doing for you what needs to be done for you, then you're not growing in your spiritual health. In fact, Philippians 2 tells us that the very mind of Christ is to seek the interest of others above our own interests. Next, do you delight in the body and do you delight in the bride of Christ? Verse 17, after Peter, after he jams them up, 
<laughs> he tells him, you denied the holy and righteous one. You killed the source of life whom God has raised. After he finished jamming them up, he says to them, now, brothers and sisters. See, spiritual health is recognizing that you have brothers and sisters in Christ. Spiritual health means understanding that you've got brothers and sisters that you can lean on in times of difficulty and also you've got brothers and sisters who will lean on you in your time of difficulty when you're wilding out and acting crazy. Next are the spiritual disciplines increasingly more important to you. Are the spiritual disciplines increasingly more important to you? Verse 18, Peter was challenging them to know the scriptures. He's urging them to see that if they would have just spent time in the scripture, they would have understood God's plan for their health. He says, in this way, God fulfilled what he had predicted through the prophets that the Messiah would suffer. See, if they were only in their scripture, they were only in the word, they would have known that God had devised the plan. It was all throughout the Old Testament. It was all throughout the scriptures. He had devised a plan for salvation for his people, and it would come in the form of his Messiah who was going to die. But see, they were looking for somebody to come and give them victory in this life. They were looking for somebody to come and set them free from the burdens and bondage of this life. They weren't looking for a Messiah who was going to come and die so that they could be with with God in heaven one day. They were looking to have their situation fixed right now. So likewise, we got to be more consistent with prayer, Bible reading, and fasting if we're going to see our overall spiritual health. Developed. See, you're prepared for suffering when it comes when you discipline your spirit. That's what the spiritual disciplines are for. They're to help you discipline your spirit. If you don't remain disciplined in the gym, guess what? You won't see any growth happening. Or shrinkage, whichever your goal is. You won't see it. Next is, do you still grieve over sin? My gosh. See, God was calling his Messiah to suffer. And that should grieve us. See, verse 18, again, he says, God fulfilled his plan that he predicted. That his Messiah would suffer. And through that suffering, we can be set free from sin. And every time we sin, we crucify him afresh. When we don't see our sin as the very thing that placed him on the cross, when we have a cavalier attitude toward our sin, then we are missing the mark and we're not growing in our spiritual health our sinfulness ought to grieve us old church mother used to say you shouldn't be able to sleep at night when you know you got a alt against your brother shouldn't be able to sleep at night until you turn and repent 
before God. See, Jesus, he suffered and he was innocent. And see, the suffering of the innocent should always grieve us. That's how you know that you're growing in spiritual health. If, if you can't see uh, that children being separated from their parents without a sustainable plan to care for those children is wrong, then you aren't in good spiritual health. I'm not scared. If you are rejoicing in the fact that lawbreakers are being punished by having their children taken away from them, then you are not properly grieving over sin. You know why? Because you were a lawbreaker. You were a lawbreaker. And guess what? Jesus set you free from the bondage that you were in. He didn't place you in further bondage. He said, I'm going to set you free from the bondage that you are in. I'll keep going. Do you forgive more quickly? Do you forgive more quickly? See, Peter says, listen, I know you all acted in ignorance. Just as your leaders did also. Therefore, repent. See, Peter is modeling for us that true spiritual health is being able to look at those who have wronged us and run to give them forgiveness. See, you know when you're you know you're growing in Christ when somebody wrongs you and you can walk up to them and say, Listen, it's a, hey, listen, can I take you out to lunch? Can, 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 I, can I buy you a sandwich? Scripture says that you heap coals of, of, of fire on their head. You get heaps of coal on their head when you do that. But are you forgiving more quickly? Do you look at people's wrongdoing against you as just, man, they didn't know no better. It's, it's okay. it, they just didn't know. They didn't know that that was going to offend me. It's, okay. it's all good. Or somebody says one little thing to you, and you're ready to fight. I'm going to put my Christianity down today. As if you could place down eternal life. As if you could place down eternal life. As if you could unsaturate the ground where Jesus' blood saturated the ground. Put down your, your salvation. That's stupid. I'm sorry. Next one, last, last diagnostic question. Do you yearn for heaven to be with Jesus? Do you yearn for heaven and to be with Jesus? See, heaven must receive Jesus. Verse 21. And if we're in Jesus then we must be ready to receive heaven. See, we have a hope in Jesus. And that hope is a blessed hope. And that one day we will be with him when he comes. That's why I'm screaming at y'all today. That perfect health is found in Christ. Let me finish up verse 16 here. It says, So the faith that comes through Jesus has given this man perfect health in front of you all today. 
See, this Jesus is the reason for the spiritual health. And what this word means here, it means to be to be the grounds or the reason for which something is done. So if you are grounded in him, then you have high levels of health in him. How do I know? I want you to see this. When you're building, when people, when they're building those, those, those big apartments and skyscrapers like they're doing downtown in Wilmington, the foundation has to go down deep. The further the, down, the, the, the foundation goes down, the higher up the skyscraper can go. So if you want your spiritual pectoral muscles to look like skyscrapers, then you need to dig deep into Jesus. Guess what? He's already softened up the ground for you. He's already softened up the ground with his blood. He's saying, listen, you can come in here and you can dig into me because of my blood. My blood has given you access to me. And because of my blood, you can have a deep relationship with me. One where you keep digging deeper and deeper. And as you dig deeper and deeper, I'll build higher and higher in your spiritual life. And so he's saying that this this, this, he's, this, he has given this with, with this faith that comes through Jesus. He has given, has given this man perfect health. So we must know that what comes through Jesus into our hands is a gift. Anything that comes into our hands through Jesus is a gift. Therefore, we must respond with thankfulness. See, the, the healthier you are, the more thankful you need to be. You ever met somebody just in, in good shape? They be running around just happy all the time. Like, hey, buddy, what's going on? How you doing, man? You all right? Everything good? Yeah, man, I'm about to run 2K real quick. And I'm like, hold, hold up, brother. Like, hold on. I need to catch my breath. Like, what's up? What's up? They just be thankful because they're healthy. And if you want to be more thankful, then you need to find you some spiritual health. But not just that. You need to find you the source of perfect health. See, God wants us in perfect health so that we can be fit for use by him. That's what this word means here. It means to be, un- it means to be fit for use. It means to be unimpaired, uh, for usefulness. So, so God doesn't want anything to impair our ability to be useful to him. See, God doesn't save you for yourself. See, He saves you for his glory. And see, the greatest impairment that we have is sin. Sin has caused us to be unfit for use by the Lord. See, the reason that the world is in the state that it is in is not because of the economy. It's not because of uh, of the unemployment rate. It is because of sin. And see, listen, I want you to see that pride, it runs rampant uh, amongst our public servants today. Pride is all over the place and sin is all over the place. And maybe you're in here today and you feel impaired by sin. I want to encourage you with this, these words here uh, uh, from our brother Peter in verse number 19. He says, therefore, repent and turn back so that your sin may be wiped away, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus, who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. Heaven must receive him until the time of restoration of all things. God wants 
to restore all things in your life. And he only does that through the power of his son and his death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We'll close with this idea. In 1846, former president John Quincy Adams, he suffered a stroke. And although he returned to Congress the following year, his health was clearly failing him. Daniel Webster describes his last meeting with Adams. He says somebody, a, a friend of uh, John Adams, came in and made an inquiry of his health. And Adams answered, I inhabit a weak, frail, decayed tenement. Battered by the winds and broken in upon by the storms. And from all I can tell, the landlord does not intend to repair it. See, it doesn't matter how vigorously you pursue your physical health. It doesn't matter how vigorously we pursue the health of our bodies. It is heading towards decay. But if you are in Christ, your body's not heading towards, you're not heading towards uh, putrefaction, but you're headed towards glorification in him. Scripture tells us that a day is coming when we will be like him. We don't know what we shall be, but we know that we're going to get some glorified bodies. We're going to walk around heaven and we're going to be just like him. So if you're concerned about your health today, if you're concerned about the health, uh, the, the health crisis in our culture today, I want you to see this clearly, that your greatest health crisis is your spiritual health crisis. And if you don't know Jesus, you are headed towards decay. In fact, Scripture tells us that when we're not in Christ, Scripture says that we're dead. But when we're in Christ... We're made alive. I want to invite you to trust in Jesus today. I want to invite you to place your faith and trust in the one who's given up everything so that we could have it all. He says, listen, there's no mountain he won't climb up. No shadow he won't light up coming after you. Won't you trust him today? Would you place your faith and trust in Jesus today? Is there one who's saying, listen, my health is declining. Spiritually, I'm a mess. I don't know which way to turn. Peter lets us know, turn to Jesus. His name will strengthen you. His name will give you health. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to be depressed. Most importantly, you don't have to be in bondage to sin anymore. Because who the Son has set free is free indeed. If you're in here today, we've got people in the back who will pray with you. They will talk with you about what it means to go from spiritual death to spiritual life. And then 
and he'll talk with you further about what it looks like to grow from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. That means when you're in Christ, you got to grow up. You can't stay the same. But we understand it's a process. And we want to be on that journey with you. Is there one today? Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in here today, just slip to the back. They'll grab you. They'll pray with you. They'll talk with you. They'll show you from the scriptures. It's Jesus. As I pray, Father, by your might, Lord, by your power, Lord, would you strengthen us, your people? God, we need to grow in our spiritual health as much as we need to grow physically. If we were a baby all our life, people would think that was dysfunction. We can't stay kids all the time. We got to grow up. So, Father, as you help us, Lord, let us diagnose our spiritual health with these ten questions, God. May we lean in and dig deeper to you. God, I pray that if we don't know, we know you. Those under the sound of my voice, God, let them know that it starts with a step. It starts with receiving what you have offered. Receiving what you have freely given to us. God, by your power, by your might, God, I pray, Lord, that we would consider our health. Are we dead men walking around? Or are we alive in you? Father, make us alive in you. 